Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. Today is the second day of Elul. Now, Elul is on the Hebrew calendar the last month of the year. Now, on the Hebrew calendar, you have two different months that are the last month. This is the last month spiritually and economically leading us up to Rosh Hashanah. Now, let me share something with you. The Bible says that we are to blow the shofar. So I, I hope that all of you and all of you watching by stream, I hope you have a shofar at home. Say, well, Pastor, do you really believe that something happens when we blow the shofar? Well, let me ask you something. Does something happen when we lift our hands? Does something happen when we lay hands on the sick? Does something happen when we uh, anoint someone with oil? Yes, we know that that happens because we've been trained in that. But there are weapons of our warfare that are not of this world. But they are mighty and spiritual. You know, one of the things when people, a lot of pastors ask me. I had one pastor one time, we were in Washington, D.C., and he, he asked me about something. And he said, is there any more Jewish stuff in the Bible? <laughs> I said, yeah, a few things. There's a couple. But when you think about it, the weapons of our warfare are not, we've just not been taught what these things are. But in the last days, the eyes of the Gentiles will be open. Rabbi Sneerson said, at first people will say, Jews will say, why are you doing these things? Why, why are you, those are ours. But then these Gentiles will see such power and blessings of God that all the world will come together as one and worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and then the Messiah will come. This is an amazing thing. Now, in, in Judaism... The only day that you are required, absolutely required, to blow the shofar is during the time of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. That's the only time you're absolutely required. But ancient Jewish wisdom says that God hinted to us, if you'll blow the trumpet during the 30 days of Elul, then the enemy does, then you, you're not waiting until Rosh Hashanah 30 days from now when God opens the book of blessing. But when you do it in your heart, when you do it, not because it's required, but you do it because you understand the weapons of your warfare, then the day you begin to blow the shofar, the enemy begins to flee and you don't have to wait 30 days to walk in victory. Your victory begins now. Amen? Now, you don't blow the shofar on Shabbat. So yesterday, actually Friday night to Saturday night, was the first day of Elul. But today is the second day. It's the first day that we're allowed to blow the shofar. This is a terrible, terrible, terrible uh, illustration, but I think you'll get the point. The, the Indians, and why are the Indians, why is it when the Cowboys win, it's a victory, and when the Indians won, it was a massacre? I never understood that. The Indians, God loved the Indians just as much as the Cowboys. But to give you an illustration... 
The wagon train is circled. The Indians are, are, are running around the wagon train. They're shooting all the cowboys. And then they hear, or whatever. <laughs> whatever the trumpet sounds for a cow. And the Indians hear it. <laughs> I told you it's a bad illustration. But the Indians hear it and they run because they know the answer is on its way. That's the same thing only in reality that when we blow the shofar, and when we blow the shofar, it's a wake-up call. It's a wake- And when you hear what I'm teaching today and next week in prophecy, you'll realize God is waking us up because something amazing is getting ready to happen. It is amazing. So stand with me. And let me, let me just say this. You don't just blow the, I hope every one of you has anointed oil in your house. If you don't, get it from the bookstore. We, we, our oil comes from Israel. Um, and when your kids are sick or, or you're praying over your finances, you have your checkbook there, anoint that with oil. It's, it's a point of contact. It's the same thing with blowing the shofar. I hope you have, when, when we heard that Tiz was sick or Lion was sick, one of the first things we did was went under the tallit so we wouldn't be double-minded. When I got home, I blew the shofar. I blow the shofar every day, morning, noon, and night. I blow the shofar. I am saying I am in the army of God, and I read the end of the book, Our Army Wins Every Single Time. people say do you really believe it happened let me give you another one take my word and put it on the doorpost of your house right mezuzah take my word if you look at our house we have mezuzah going into our house we have mezuzah going into my office to his office our bedroom our children's room why well let me ask you this and 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 the reason i want you to understand this is is we are in probably the greatest spiritual warfare that we've ever been in and God has given you a weapon, weapons to win this. It's not, they're not rituals. God is not into a ritual. He's not into Hail Mary, full of grace. The weapons of our warfare are mighty. I have pastors say, do you believe it really works? I said, well, let me ask you something. Somebody gave you a book of witchcraft and said, you know, this, just what, this is just what I believe. It's just, uh, uh, I've had it in my family. You don't have to read it. Just put it in your house. Would you do that? Why? You're right. Why? Why? You don't need those words. The words have spirit to them. Even if you don't read them, words have spirits. Words that people say. That's why you put a, a, a toilet on you shut the door I, I thank god for every doctor but the the words of the doctor if they don't match the words of god i'm shutting that door so i'm not double-minded you understand if you wouldn't put negative words in your house and you're absolutely right because they have a spirit what about god's word god says take my word and put it on the doorpost of your house. The mezuzah is not the little box. It's the words of God inside of it. If negative words have spirit to it, how much more does the word of God have a spirit? So we need to understand that we have spiritual weapons so that we are in this world, but we're not of this world. Um, Tis sends her love. 
She went and got her treatment Thursday. She got her test, and her blood count numbers are higher than they have ever been since she got sick. And so turn to Tiz right there and say, everybody say, hi, Tiz, we love you, we love you. And, 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 and you know, people ask all the time, how does this happen? How's there? there are weapons that we have. So when we blow the shofar, how many are ready to start? How many, how many would like to start walking in victory in 30 days? Amen. How many would like to start walking in victory today? Amen. Let's blow the trumpet in Zion and sound the alarm. Are you ready? ready. Okay. The whole world's watching. <laughs> <laughs> If you're more than a conqueror, give the Lord a great big clap offering. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask you to move amongst us here in this building and all of our friends and family around the world. Father, bring your anointing, an anointing to speak your word, an anointing to hear your word, an anointing of courage to act upon your word. We declare that this truly is the day that you have made, and as we serve you and live for you and do your work, we declare that we are more than conquerors. Father, I cover all of us with divine health, divine long life, divine blessing, divine peace, divine prosperity. And I declare that not only are we saved, but our families will get saved. Our sons, our daughters, our grandchildren, our friends, everyone. And Father, that we thank you for using us to build your kingdom. But we ask you, use us greater this next year than you've ever done before to teach the word of God, to let people know about the love of Christ and to stand for the nation of Israel and for what you've done and what you're going to do. We give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people shouted, give the Lord a clap offering. Give your neighbor an air high five. Amen. Can't hug anybody, can't touch anybody. Open your Bibles, if you would, this morning to the book of Matthew, chapter 24. And we're going to continue on with speaking on Bible prophecy. Now, let me encourage you. I don't have one with me. Let me encourage you. Read my book. And I, I told the guys in the back today, I said, man, after what's happened in the last couple days, you guys need to know what's in that book. Because I wrote the book saying that we are closer to the end time signs and wonders and miracles than we realize. And there's so much in that book that I've never taught here. There are years and years of research in that book. But what I'm going to share today and what I'm going to share that just happened in the last two days, uh, next week, guys, you need to know where we are. You need to know what the word of God is saying about prophecy, you, Israel, and the latter rain, because it is absolutely amazing what God is getting ready to do. And my people destroyed for what reason? My people, those who love me, believe in me, pray with me, trust me, are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. And so I want to encourage all of you to get that book. I'm, I'm serious. It is, it is more on point 
then I realized it was all I was. And now I know why God had me write it. All right, Matthew chapter 24. We're talking about Bible prophecy. And the name of this series is uh, Reading the Signs of God, Revival or the Rapture. Now, all of us know the scripture, and I want to go through this quickly. All of us know the scripture that when you see these things begin to happen, look up for your redemption draweth nigh. And God calls them birth pangs. I love the way they say it in uh, Hebrew. It's ikvot mashiachah, the footsteps of the Messiah. They're saying the same thing. When you see these things begin to happen, hear that the, that the Messiah is on his way. And I can't help but think when, we, when, when they say it in Hebrew that you hear the, com- the coming of the Messiah. You know, if the Messiah is a mile away, you can't hear his footsteps. But if he's close, you can hear those footsteps. And I can't help but think about the five wise and the five foolish virgins. That they, they, God says, make sure your oil lamp is full. Make sure that that's full of oil, that your light is still shining. Don't let that light go out lest than when the Messiah comes, when the master comes, when the bridegroom comes, you don't see him. You don't see him coming because your light has gone out. You're not paying attention. That's not to the world. That's to the church and that's to the synagogue. Make sure that your light is shining Your oil is full so that you can see the bridegroom coming. And the sad thing about that is that they were all virgins. All of them were born again. All of them were children of God. But half of them missed the rapture because they got involved with the world and stopped being involved with building the kingdom of God. Now, that's a warning. I didn't get any amens on that except Lydia. How many want your oil lamp filled? We need to say, and I've said this every week, but I'm going to say it again. Every great nation lasts, empires last about 250 years. You're hearing a lot of preachers preach on it now. About 250 years. Where are we as as Americans? We are at 244 years. Does that mean we have exactly six years? No man knows the day nor the hour. We're not saying that in six years the Messiah is coming. In six years, America collapses. America could collapse today. But if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray, America could go on for 20, 30 years until the, who knows? We don't know when the Messiah is coming. But we do know, we do hear the footsteps. Amen? We're at 44, 244 years. The average empire lasts, and then they, they fall. And if you read the history of the fall of the British Empire, the fall of the Greek Empire, the fall of the Roman Empire, you see the same pattern that America is taking right now. And I'm going to explain some of that in a, in a moment. You see the exact same pattern. Now, I believe that if God's people will wake up, refill their lamp, I believe that we have, if you remember three years ago, three and a half years ago, I gave a prophecy that we're heading towards seven years of fat. Before, before the famine, we're heading towards seven years of fat. Now, I'm not saying that in three, four and a half years from now uh, that we're going to hit a famine. I'm not saying that. 
But I, I do believe that if God's people will humble themselves and pray and begin to seek God and serve God and do what the godly thing is, then we will head into four more years of fat. We talked about 2 Samuel 24, where David uh, was more concerned, and this is a big part of the message here today. David called for a census. Now, a census in itself is not a sin, but David's census was go and count how many people are in my kingdom. Now, I want you to think about that, and I said this a few weeks ago. Maybe this is symbolic to the church. Are we more concerned as church leaders of how many people are in our ministry than we are in the kingdom of God? Are we more concerned as pastors about how many people watch my television program or or come to my building? Am I more concerned about how many people are in my kingdom than I am I'm getting into the kingdom of God? And so David called for a census. That census was not evil in itself because God said to call for a census at certain times and have them bring a half shekel to build the kingdom of God, to build the temple. But David was not having a census for the kingdom of God. How many people were serving God in his kingdom? David wanted to know how big his kingdom was. Now, the Bible says, and you know this, but the Bible says that census took nine months and 20 days. That's the amount of time that a woman uh, conceives a child and births a child. That's not an accident. Ancient Hebrew says, when you see this, something is about to be birthed. It's not a coincidence that when the coronavirus first became known worldwide, nine months and 20 days, approximately that time comes the next presidential election. Something in this next presidential election is about to be birthed. Is it revival? Is it destruction? Is it rapture? I really believe that depends on the kingdom of God, Jews and Gentiles who serve God of what is going to happen. But I guarantee you, listen to me, I guarantee you that out of this next election, the gestation period, something is going to be birthed. For me and my family who are going to serve God, it's going to birth no matter what happens in the world. It's going to birth the blessing and the power and the, and, and the prosperity of God because I'm in this world, but I'm not of this world. And the reason I'm teaching this, I want this to be in your family and your life also. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, you can't make this stuff up. This is happening. I was, I was in the back and I told the guys, I said, I wish I was smart enough to figure all this out, but it's happening exactly the way the word of God says it will happen. Now we've talked about Russia. We've talked about Gog and Magog. We've talked about um, China. We've talked about uh, the Middle East. We've talked about, last week we talked about the Antichrist and the mark of the beast. And I want you to understand how fast this is happening. In the last 10 days, as we were talking about, could this possibly even happen that the Antichrist could come into power and there be a mark of the beast where you cannot buy or you cannot sell? Now, a lot of people will ask, well, pastor, if I take the mark, will Jesus forgive me when he comes? Read my lips. No. No. Because you know, and I'm going to show you some scriptures here. No. No. 
Once you say, you know what? I'm not trusting in Jesus to be my provider. I'm trusting in Washington or I'm trusting in Wall Street. The dangerous thing, and now hear, hear my words. The dangerous thing is some of you are on the verge of taking that mark already in your heart. When it comes to voting, when it comes to officials, when it comes to elections, are you willing to put somebody in office who will give you free stuff but is also a person that will call for more abortion? We've already aborted 60 million children. And I can't believe that if you would vote for someone who is pro-abortion... I can't, I, I cannot judge a person, I'm not, but I'm having a hard time thinking that you're Christ-like. Are you, are you okay? We need to understand this is serious times. We, we can't hint at things that this is serious times. Could this even happen that a mark of the beast where you take a mark in your forehead or on your hand and you cannot buy or sell. I taught on this last week. Just a couple days ago, my son Luke, who's watching right now at home with Lyon because of the, of the uh, immune system, and he sent me a thing by National Geographic. And it said, we are edging towards the mandatory taking of the vaccine that you won't be able you don't you don't have to take the vaccine this is what the article basically said you don't have to take the vaccine if you don't want to but you can't go in a restaurant you can't go into uh kroger you can't go into uh, a sporting event unless you show that you've taken the vaccine so all of these things are do you get it do you get it now hold on at the end I've got good news. Now, let me, let me say this when I say I've got good news, because then everybody goes, oh, okay. I might be wrong. That's the thing about Bible prophecy. Nobody knows. I think the closer we get, the more clear it becomes, but nobody really knows. Nobody does. We're reading things out of, you know, I, I've been in the ministry for how many, 40 five years or something like that i bet i've preached out a book book of revelations 20 times because it's it's too confusing but the closer we get oh we see what's happening in israel oh we see what oh 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 the closer you get to the flower the more the colors you see and i think that's what's happening you uh i can't tell you i was on a uh, pastor scott and i were on a private phone conversation uh with israel and some other folks and uh this thing with uh united uh, uae is huge huge this thing is huge bigger than i knew just on a phone scott and i were just on a, on a private phone call uh a couple days ago huge things are happening but i read the in the book we win amen so we talked about all these things, and if you haven't seen them, get them. Get, get the, get the uh, they're, they're not tapes anymore. What are they? Huh? CDs. Get the CDs, get the 8-tracks. And uh, so what's next? What, what is next is the word, and, and I'm gonna, I told the guys in the back, 
I knew God wanted me to teach on lawlessness. You know, we see lawlessness. And I've known that the Word of God talks about right before the coming of the Messiah, our, our nations will be full of lawlessness. But I've got to admit, from last Monday when I began to really put notes together and thoughts together and allow the Holy Spirit to lead me, and I begin to study on end-time prophecy concerning lawlessness, I had no idea how much the Bible talked about this. Oh, my goodness. I told the guys, I said, I had four or five pages of notes just on Scripture, and it took me hours to whittle it down to something that we can do in the next 20-something minutes. Because lawlessness, as a Bible prophecy, seeing the revelation of lawlessness being loosened is huge, much, much bigger than I realized in Bible prophecy. So let's read some of the words of the Lord concerning this in the book of Matthew, chapter 24. Verse 1, Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him, to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, Do you not see all these things? Assuredly I say to you, not one stone shall be left upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now, let me stop right there. And I know you know this, but just to help. When Jesus is teaching about the rapture and the second coming and, and, and the destruction of the temple, he, he jumps from one subject back to another subject back to another subject. And so I'm going to take a little bit of time to, to point these things out. You know, he, he, jumps, he jumps in, in one of his teaching, he jumps uh, 2,000 years to where we are in 1967, uh, to where we are today. And so I'll just point that out. Most of you know it, but just to help clarify. Do, do you not see all these things? Here I say to you, not one stone shall be left upon another, shall not be thrown down. Now that's the destruction of the second temple uh, in the time of Jesus. Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age. Put your finger there. So he went from the destruction of Jerusalem and the second temple, boom, to the second coming. Do you see that? Because he's already there. Jesus is already there, right? And so they said, what will be the sign of your coming at the end of the age? And so we just jumped 2,000 years to where we are right now. Do do y'all see that? Say amen. Y'all see it? Okay. And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. Now let me stop right there. When I first got saved, and we would hear preachers teach on Bible prophecy, many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. Now look at me. Because this is the main teaching for today. When I first gave my life to the Lord, we heard that meant that right before the Messiah come, there'll be all these false prophets. And they will come saying, no, he, he's not the Christ. I'm the Christ. Me, me, the preacher or the prophet, I'm the Christ. But that's not what Jesus is saying. 
He's saying in the last days, many will say, oh yeah, Jesus is the Christ. But they're going to deceive people. They're not going to say, oh, Jesus isn't the Christ. They're going to be in the pulpit. And they're going to say, Jesus Christ is the King of kings. And he is the Lord of lords. But then they'll deceive people. Their platform will be saying, Jesus is the Christ. But then they'll bring in deception. Now, I'm going to explain that. But do you all see what he's saying? They're not saying, you know, can you imagine some guy getting up in a pulpit and saying, I'm Jesus. Jesus isn't the Christ. I'm the Christ. He's got an empty building. But other ones will come in and say, Jesus is the Lord. He is the King of kings. He is our Savior. (laughs) But then bring in deception. Now, let me show you where we're at. Listen to what I'm saying. And you know what? The, the group that I got saved with, the group I gave my, I thank God for them, but they were so wrong. They, they turned from a move of God into a cult because they said, we're the only ones doing it right. We're the only ones. And, and, and I hate that. So I'm going to share some things. I'm going to na- name any names. But I hate seeing division in the body of Christ. I hate that. You know, I, I don't, I, I think... I think one of the signs of unity, we're going to see people are no longer going to be Baptist or Presbyterian or Lutheran. There's nothing wrong with being that, but there's no Baptist going to heaven. There's no assembly of God going to heaven. There's no Lutheran. They're just children of God going to heaven. We got all these man-made divisions. So I hate, I hate that, but I do need to stand up and teach, show you what Jesus is saying, not to say something bad about a person, but to understand how this is all taking place. All right, read with me. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, verse 6, see that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, pestilence, earthquakes in various places. All these things are the beginning of sorrows. And let, let me just say this. People will say we've always had earthquakes. We've always had famines. We've always had pestilence. That's true. But what I wrote in my book, these things have never happened before. You've got, you, you need to read my book. You really need to read my book to put in perspective where we are today. These things have all, always happened. But what I read, the seven prophecies I write about in my book have never happened before. They will never happen again. This is an amazing time you and I get to be alive in. It is the time that we see the latter rain and is the time that we will see the coming of the Messiah. I won't die of old age before I see the Messiah come. I believe that a million percent. And we may not make it to our cars. And so if your car still has payments, leave it with the bank. Let's make the rapture. Amen. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by nations for my name's sake. Then many will be offended and betray one another and uh, another and will hate one another. Our government is already, our government is already have asked in a, in a polite way, turn your neighbor in if they're not social distancing. Now, I don't know if this is true. I do not know if this is true, but it's food for thought. I had someone tell me, I can't remember who told me. Why do they say six feet? 
Why do they say six feet apart? Because eventually, if you take a chip that shows that you've received the vaccination. Now, I'm not saying thus saith the Lord in this. This is what I heard. If you receive a chip showing that you've taken the vaccination, the drones that fly or however they, if you're closer than six feet, they can't determine who you are. So anyway, but think about it. We're turning each other in. What is this, Nazi Germany? But you got to understand how, you know, it's not like Satan comes up and he's got a, a, a pitchfork and a pointed tail. You need, to, you need to do. No, it comes in. You know what? This is for your good. It's because I care. Right? I got to get to my teaching. I'm, I'm feeling too much of the Holy Ghost today. Then they deliver you up to tribulation, kill you, and be hated by nations for my name's sake. Hated, hated by all nations for my name's sake. Now, you got to understand, we read this and we think, well, he's talking about the Jews. No, he's talking about the second coming. So he's not talking about just the Jews. He's talking about the Christians, too. The spirit of Amalek, anti-Semitism, is dying in the church, but it's growing outside of the church. And you know what? They're hating us for loving God. There's a, I won't, I won't say Democrat or Republican, but there's a convention going on this week. And when they opened it up, they said, they said the Pledge of Allegiance and they left out one nation, no under God. No under God. They just swore in a uh, official for uh, in Arizona, I believe it is, for the head of education, and she refused to put her hand on the Bible. Instead, she said, "Give me a Dr. Seuss book." Who are you voting for? I'm not saying which party that is, but my gosh, do some research. Do some research. All right, I got, I'm not even on my message yet. You know, if I don't finish, then I don't have to study for next week. I just get it. You know. So what do you want to talk about? All right. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because of lawlessness, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. The, the, because lawlessness, the lack of law, will abound, the love of many, there's your main scripture for today, will grow cold. But he endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the nations, and then the end will come. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, that's the Antichrist, spoken by the prophet Daniel, standing on the holy place, the temple mount, whoever reads this, let him understand. Way do you hear what I tell you next week? Way do you hear? Then let those who are in Judea flee the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and those with nursing and babies in those days. And pray that your flight may not be in the winter or in the Sabbath. Now you got to understand. You're saying, well, man, that's not good news. That's for those who missed the rapture. That's why I'm telling you these things. 
That's why we're blowing the trumpet for the next 30 days. That's why for the next 40 or 50 days, I'm going to be teaching on Bible prophecy. I am blowing the trumpet because we don't know when the rapture is going to take place. We do know we're hearing the footsteps of the Messiah. And so this prophecy of it being terrible is not for us who make the rapture. It's for those who miss the rapture. I'm not getting many amens. Should I just say God loves you? It's okay. All right, where am I? Verse 20, and pray that your flight be not in the winter or on the Sabbath. For then there will be great tribulation, such as not been seen since the beginning of the world until this time, nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved, but for the elect's sake, those days would be shortened. Now, what's he saying? Those who missed the rapture that we talked a couple weeks ago, if you miss the rapture, the Antichrist will come on the scene and he'll be, man, he'll be the man of peace. But then he'll stand on the Temple Mount, declare himself to be God. He is the, he is the person of, for Satan. And then he is going to unleash, and one quarter of the earth will die. One quarter. And, 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 man, I'm not even on my message yet. You, you, do you understand what he said? What will be the signs of your coming? He said, here, here are the signs. All right, I got to keep going. Where am I? Yeah, where am I? 23. Then if anyone says to you, look, here's the Christ, or there, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and show great signs and wonders. Say, you mean the devil will have false Christs and false prophets showing signs and wonders? When Moses threw down his, his stick and it turned into a serpent, the Jannies and Jambres, the witch doctors threw down theirs, and it did the same thing. The only problem is Moses' serpent ate their serpent. Choose ye this day who you will believe. Are you with me? For, uh, see, see, I've told you before. Therefore, if they say to you, look, here, he's in the desert. Do not go out. Or look, he's in the inner rooms. Do not believe it. For as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. The coming of the Son of Man, we're going to get this in a few weeks, is not the rapture. The coming of the Son of Man is the second coming. The rapture is him catching those who are not lukewarm, those who are serving God. Boom. Now, now let me help you. None of us are perfect. Amen? But we're serving God. We're living for God. Amen? The rapture is the judgment of God on the church. We're going to talk in next uh, when we get to uh, Rosh Hashanah. We're going to talk about the moment we're raptured. There's five crowns that you're eligible for. Some will get. Some will make the rapture and get no. All right, I'm. That's the problem with the Holy Spirit. That's why my you you need to just give pray for my staff because they try to do is say Pat. All right, Dad, where are you going this week? I don't know. I think I know, but I don't know. Where am I? First, okay, verse 28. What, 
For wherever the carcasses, the eagles will be gathered together. Immediately after the tribulation, immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be dark and the moon will give, not give off its light. The stars will fall from heaven, the powers of heaven be shaken. The, then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds. This is not the rapture, the second coming with power and great glory and he will send uh his angels all right i gotta i gotta move through all right so you you, you understand what's happening jesus says to them here's the signs that i'm coming now once again let me just say we can say well these things and you're going to see in a moment we they're they're not always happen like this these things have always happened read my book because when you couple my book on signs that have never happened before, along with where we're at today, then you're going to understand how close we are to the coming of the Lord. Rapture or revival. Amen? So the thing that I want to point out today in the next 15 minutes is one of the signs that Jesus spoke of was the spirit of lawlessness. The spirit of lawlessness. Now, I'm going to go through this real quick. All of you know that everything God teaches in his word has a physical and a spiritual. Let's look at the physical first. Everything God has has a physical part and a spiritual part. The physical is obvious. We're seeing things in our streets that we have never seen like this before. Lawlessness. But, and, and, and I've got all these notes on, uh, on everything. But the thing that's amazing, you think about Seattle and Portland and Los Angeles and, and Pittsburgh and all these places that there's New York where they're going in and taking over. Lawless people going in, not peacefully demonstrating. Hey, sit down. <laughs> My own daughter's walking out on me. Where people, where people are going in, now, and, and I'm going to just say this real quick to get to the main part. People are going in and taking over blocks and blocks and blocks of neighborhoods, not peacefully demonstrating, but, but how, does, how does demonstrating, uh, how does that go with looting? How does demonstrating go with shooting people? How is you demonstrating going in to people who have worked hard to build a business and stealing their stuff? Now, that's insanity in itself. But what I want to point out, I'm just going, I've got tons of notes, but to point out what's insane is we have leaders, political leaders, that are not only okaying it, they're encouraging it. Law, Jesus said, here's the sign, lawlessness. Listen to this. This is out of the Boston, and I've got so many, but I've, I've got to get to the main part. The Boston Herald on June 5th, 2020, part of their article says, amid demonstrations, liberal elites, liberal elites praise violence as a protest tool. Some call them protesters, others call them rioters, but to the American enlightened elite, there is only one word for them, heroes. 
Now, the Bible says, Jesus said, here's a sign that I'm coming. There will be lawlessness being released as never before. Okay, we understand some people doing crazy things. But when we see people going in, and let me just throw something in. These people go in there for weeks and weeks and weeks. Who's feeding them? They're coming in on buses. Who's financing this? There are people who are backing them up, and here we have people saying, oh, they're not protesters. They're not rioters. They are heroes. But only if you're enlightened do you see them that way. So you poor dummies who think them as robbers and thieves and murderers, you're not the enlightened one. And then we have the mayor and the governor of Seattle and Washington saying, no, 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 we don't want, they're going in. What if they came into your house and started robbing your stuff and stealing your stuff and beating up your wife or beating up your children? Are you going to call them heroes? No, I'm going to call them corpses. And the mayor of Washington, the governor of Washington says, no, this is, not a, this is not bad. This is a block party. Well, keep your block party on your block. But I bring that up to say this is lawlessness like we have never seen. We've had riots before. We've had demonstrations before. And there's nothing wrong with demonstrating. But you don't demonstrate by killing people and destroying people's property. That's an excuse for lawlessness. But when you have leaders, political leaders that are encouraging it, you have people that are sponsoring it. You have people that are paying for it. You have people that are, are, are behind it. Then this is giving it a whole new meaning to lawlessness. But the thing you've got to understand is this is a precursor for the Antichrist. Because when the Antichrist comes, the church and the Jews are gone. Right now, we're still here. And because we're here, the Holy Spirit is still here. And he subdues it to a degree. If you think this is crazy then wait till the rapture takes place and there will be nothing to hold back evilness and wickedness. If you think it's crazy them walking in and just taking everything and smashing everything and burning everything and people being shot and people being killed and people being beaten, if you think that's crazy, wait till the Christians and the Jews are gone. Now it's really crazy. And can I tell you, you don't want to be here. You want to hear the blowing of the shofar right now. You want to hear the footsteps of the Messiah coming. Now, how did this all happen? And forgive me, I'm, jump, I'm jumping through all the, all the good stuff. How did this all happen? Everything God does has a physical and a spiritual. The reason why this is happening in the physical is because we've allowed it to already happen in the spiritual. Lawlessness without the laws of God without the laws of God I don't have time to get all through this I might need to save it
because I have words for some people. Want me to save it for next week? No? All right. The word, the word lawlessness in the Greek, gosh, it's been years since I've used a word in Greek. The word lawlessness in Greek is the word anomia, which means deliberately disobeying specific standards. Deliberately disobeying specific standards. That sounds pretty good. But I always like to go to the, Greek, the Hebrew. And the word lawlessness in Hebrew means rebellion against God. So when the Bible says that the world will be full of lawlessness, this is a sign of the coming of the Messiah. We can look at it as, well, deliberately disobeying specific standards. We're just not acting like the rest. But I love the way God really says it. That lawlessness means that we are disobeying God. So before lawlessness can be in the streets, lawlessness, the lack of the laws of God, start in the church. You think about, what was it, 1962 or something? The Supreme Court passed a ruling that prayer in school is unconstitutional. Now, I want you to think about where we are today. When I went to school, when I was in grade school, the way we started today is we have the American flag. We all stood, put our hand over our heart, and say, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation. Now, a certain party just had their convention this week, and they pulled out one nation under God. They won't put their hand on a Bible. You do not want these people in power. But we allowed them without raising, rising up to say, all right, so it's not. not." The Supreme Court said you can't pray in school. In an organized school, you cannot pray. The school can't call for prayer. God's one foot out the door. When I walked in the school, when I was in school, and I walked into grade school, you walked right past the principal's office, fear of, of the principal is the beginning of wisdom, and then right as you walked in were the Ten Commandments. Now, I didn't know what it all meant, but you, you saw them every day, and then all of a sudden we let, amazingly, the same political party that's having convention last week did not say one nation under God because lawlessness means disobeying God. Disobeying God. They took their Ten Commandments out of our school. Then they took the commandments out of the government. Then they took the commandments. And all of us dummies thought that was wrong. But the, the enlightened ones said this is the beginning of what our heroes will do. Lawlessness means without the laws of God. Now let me, let me move on. I'm going to take about an extra five minutes. Is that okay? 
How did this happen? Starts in the church. One man put, said it this way, said that we started with theology, then we went in the pulpits to therapy, and then from therapy we went to just motivational speaking. Instead of teaching the Word of God. So we went from theology, here's what the Bible says. You know, um, several years ago, most of you know the story, several years ago, Scott and I were, Pastor Scott and I were over in, in Jerusalem. We were doing some filming and having some meetings. And I get a phone call from this lady, very, very strong Christian lady, supporter of Israel, lives there. She said, one of the, this person who's very high up in the government uh, would like to have a meeting with you and talk to you, can't be seen in public. And so we went and had this meeting, and this person said, listen, uh, reason I wanted to meet with you, I want, you to, I want to ask you to keep teaching what you're teaching. And I said, Orthodox Jew. And I said, wow, okay. And he goes, we watch, our television program is not only on in America and the rest of the world every day. Our television program, Tiz and I, are on every day in Israel. And this man said, we watch what is on Christian television. And to see if somebody's saying something that'll help us, hurt us. This man said, Pastor, I, we know that, that not only are Christians watching your program in Israel, we know that Jews are watching your program in Israel, we know that Muslims, we know who's watching, we know, we, we can tell. And he said, he said these words, he said, what you're teaching, we believe, is a key to the peace in the Middle East. Jews, Muslims, and Christians coming together. I'm going to share a little bit of that next week. It just dawned on me. I didn't even think of that story with what just happened. And so um, this man looked at me. He doesn't know who I am or he doesn't know who I mean. He just sees us on television. He didn't, this is an Orthodox Jew. And he looks at me and he said, what's happened to American Christianity? This was years ago. He goes, and who's so-and-so? And I, if I told your name, he's a good friend of mine. He goes, those people don't even open the Bible. Now you think about here, he said, they're not saying anything. It's just like motivational speaking. And you think about this statement, we went from theology to therapy to motivational speaking. And I believe in motivational speaking. I believe in pumping us up and getting us ready to be more than a conqueror. But that only happens if my people are called by my name. So we've gone from that to we have major Christian leaders today. And I will say, not just the younger crowd, a big part of the younger crowd. And you, I want to tie this in with David and want to know how big his kingdom is. We have major Christian leaders. I'm not talking about uh, people with, with, you know, 20 people in their church, huge churches. And they're saying things like, now that we have grace... There's no need to teach on sin. Now that we have grace, there's no need to teach on repentance. Now that we have grace, one preacher who's a good friend of mine, very famous guy, actually said, if you try to live sinless, you are negating the grace of God. Did you hear that? Lawlessness. Now that you have grace, this isn't, this isn't coming from uh, the throne of the Antichrist. This is coming from pulpits, and it's on television. It's in churches that, that there is no need now that we have the commandment to love one another 
there's no need for the Ten Commandments. If you try to fulfill the Ten Commandments, you're actually sinning. So it's okay for me to cheat on Tiz? Hey, if I cheat on Tiz one time, she will fulfill the scripture on the pleading of the blood. But this is what is happening. And, you know, the Bible says in the last days, right will be wrong and wrong will be right. So all of a sudden, we're teaching on, you know what? Men ought not marry men. It says so in the Bible. Women ought not marry women. It says so in the Bible. If you're born a man, you're a man. Use the men's bathroom. If you're born a woman, use the woman's bathroom. But we have preachers that are on television saying, you know what? God doesn't care about that anymore. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus said, why you call me Lord and don't do the things that I tell you to do? Don't do what I say. And so we need to understand that this lawlessness that we're seeing in the streets is the physical aspect. I'm going to save the rest for tomorrow, next week. But that this lawlessness is even more scary within the body of Christ. Are we saved by grace? Are we saved by grace? What's the answer? Yes. Where sin does abound. Paul said this. Where sin does abound. Grace that much more abounds. But then should we then sin? So grace abounds? God forbid. Now listen, that's the words of of Paul the apostle. That's the words of God. Not, well, you know what? If If you try not to sin, then you're negating the grace of God. Jesus said this woman was caught in the very act of adultery. They didn't care about her. They were trying to trap Jesus. And Jesus writes in the sand. There's been speculation of where he writes in the sand, but if you you read it in the Old Testament, writing in the sand, we know what he wrote in the sand. He wrote their sin. He wrote their sin. And as he wrote their sin, they... No habla inglés. They're all gone. And he says, woman, where are your accusers? She said, none here, Lord. He goes, neither do I accuse you. But go and sin no more. I walked in church, a drug addict. Walked into church, a drug addict. I'm not still using drugs very often. What if I, what if I was, you know, I walked in the church with a real anger problem and now I am the sweetest guy on the face of the earth. I didn't get any laughs on that at all. We're to change. Once we get saved, we're to change. We are saved by grace, not by works, lest any man should boast. But once we get saved, and and I'll get into this more next week. Once we get saved... We're to go and sin no more. From glory to glory, he's changing us. We need to be more Christ-like next year than we are this time this year. 
And God says, and yet the Lord says, in these last days, in the house of God, lawlessness will abound. How much does God love us? He loves us so much that he sends us warnings. How many of you ever had children? You know, we don't have any little ones anymore, but we got Lion now. Lion's two years old. And I don't know if you've ever seen any videos of Lion. Lion is a drumming genius. I mean, he drums on any, I mean, two years old. I mean, it's, it's like, it's like, oh, my retirement's not far away. I mean, he, and he drums on everything. He drums, he drums on everything. He drums on everything. But sometimes he wants to drum on things that he's not supposed to drum on. And he has to be told in love, no, no. God loves us so much that sometimes he tells us, no, don't touch that. You know, honey, don't, don't put that in the light socket. Don't, don't do that. I can remember, you know, I can remember when we had the twins, Asher and Yehuda, and, uh, you know, the wonderful thing about being a grandparent is spoiling your grandchildren. It's payback. But I can remember, and I mean, those, those kids, well, when they were first born, they, they all, we all lived together because when they were, we were first born, we all moved down here. We were all, all of us, all, the whole, all 10 of us were in the same house, in the same kitchen, the same bathroom. We were all starting this church. And uh, we, we would do anything for those kids. I mean, they would just do anything for those kids. But I remember one time, how old was Asher Judah? And they're, you know, they're two or three or something like that. And we we're in the living room, and he started to stick something in a light socket or something. And I said, Judah, no. Judah, no. And he turns around and he goes, Saba told me no. <laughs> for the first time. But, you know, God chastens those he loves. If you're sitting here and you're feeling a little uncomfortable, you know why that is? God loves you. It's, it's better to feel a little uncomfortable to hear the blowing of the shofar, to realize, you know what? God's serious about this stuff because things are about to happen. Now, if you were to tie me down, if you are to tie me down, and I didn't get to get to this part. I'm going to read your scriptures next week. If you're to tie me down, and I could be wrong. I could be wrong. If this next presidential election goes wrong, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. The church is in trouble. Society's in trouble. God will say, God will say, you don't want me around? Good luck. But I'm going to tell you something. For those of us who are serving God and living for God and loving God, everything is going to be all right. I don't want to, get, I don't want to ruin my ending for next week. I'm going to tie this in with, with uh, something that just happened this week. Guys, we're close to something major. I believe you're to tie me down. The rapture could come before we say amen and close. But if you're to tie me down, I think we're headed for some of the most exciting, powerful, 
life-changing prosperity. And here's the reality. If the rapture comes, we're 30 days from Rosh Hashanah. It's a shadow. I believe Rosh Hashanah, I believe the rapture will take place on a Rosh Hashanah. I could be wrong. God could just be tricking us. It happened on Passover. It happened on Pentecost. And I believe the third thing is the rapture, then Yom Kippur, the second coming, then Feast of Tabernacles, wedding supper of the Lamb. God may be saying, fooled you. So don't think, well, if we don't make the rapture, uh, this Rosh Hashanah, man, let's just go out and eat, drink, and be merry. If the rapture doesn't take place, oh, I'm trying to stay. Let me give you one more thing. Remember where Jesus says, they come to Jesus and they said, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we do miracles in your name? What was Jesus' response? Depart from me. I never knew you. I've always wondered about that. And I found something in studying that some Hebrew scholars, some Jewish scholars commented on that. And they said they believe that Jesus said that on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. That they were ready for the power of God, the blessing of God. And Jesus says, depart from me. I don't even know who you are. And they said he wasn't saying this as a rabbi forever. He was saying that you've missed, the ble- you've missed all your blessings for this next year. Now, next year, come around, I'm going to blow the shofar again. And if you wake up on Rosh Hashanah, I'll open the book and I'll reveal the blessing. But you've missed it. Let's say the rapture does take place this year. Are you ready to go? Let's say it doesn't take place. Are you ready for the blessing? Either way, if we're not serving God, we miss the rapture or we miss the revival. Either way, our Father loves us so much. Can I have my shofar? Stand with me. Let's stand. Stand with me. Think about this. Close your eyes. You're laying in bed and it's dark. It's pitch black. And all of a sudden, the Lord walks in next to your ear and goes, I did this last year on Rosh Hashanah with my grand sugars. We're getting ready to come to church, and they're in their room. They're sound asleep, and I snuck in, and I went, What? Time for church. And I was mean just so I could use that illustration for you. But that's what it's about. The rioting in the street, Russia and China, the, the, the peace process, all this stuff is happening. It's all happening to wake us up. You know what, Pastor? I haven't been serving God. You know what? I've been missing more church than I've been in. You know what? I haven't been paying my tithes. You know what? I haven't been doing good to help others, the widows and the orphans. You know what? I haven't really been serving the Lord the way I should. I've kind of gotten a little lukewarm. Russia, China, Israel, peace pact, riots, lawlessness. It's a wake-up call. Why? Because it is our Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. Can I have an amen? Do you believe that today? We're, 
we're, we're so worried today about in the church about being visitor friendly. And I understand that. Man, the, you know, the day, you know, back in the old days when I was wearing big suits and alligator shoes and everything, I'd, I'd take off, run around the building. <laughs> We'd all be falling down. We, we, we you know, <laughs> I'm feeling a run coming on right now. I would, but I got a bad knee. I got my knees a little sore. <laughs> but I mean, you know, sometimes, I mean, it was fun. It was fun. But, you know, the outsiders coming in and going. But we got to make sure that there is one person that's always invited the church. And that's the Holy Spirit. That's the presence of God. Because that's why we're here. Amen. All right. I'm, I'm already over. You don't want to miss the rapture. Is that fair to say? You don't want to miss. You don't want to miss the. You know. You know. I, I saw that that these uh, some of these uh, Antifa. Is that how they call them? Antifa. These Antifa people were putting notes. If you don't give us money, we're going to come to your house in Highland Park or whatever. We're going to come to your house. And we're going to take and stuff. But you know, once the rapture takes place. That will be happening. That's, that's going to be happening. That's going to be a part of it. You don't want to miss the rapture. But let's say the rapture doesn't happen. You don't want to miss the revival. Because in the last days, I will gush out my spirit. There will be signs and wonders and miracles. The, the wealth of the wicked will be put in the hands of the righteous. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. And I believe we're on the threshold of that right now. And just like the rapture, one will be in the field, one will be taken up, one will be left behind. Two will be in bed, one will be taken up, one will be left behind. In, in the latter rain, one will prosper, one will lose everything. One will have the gifts, one won't feel the spirit at all. It's going to be the same thing, only a shadow. And God wants you involved. So I'd like to have every head bowed. I'm sorry, I'm, t- I'm nine minutes over already. Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. Right in your seat, right where you're at. And those that are watching around the world, we love you so much. You're here right now and you say, Pastor, I'm not right with God. I'm either never been born again or I'm lukewarm. I want to make sure I am right with God. I want to serve the Lord. Lift your hand up all over the building. As a sign to God, I see that hand, 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 that hand. I see that hand, that hand, that hand. God bless you. That hand, God bless you. That hand, God bless you. That hand, that hand, that hand. God bless you. That hand, that hand, that hand, that hand. God bless you. That hand, that hand, that hand. God bless you. That hand, that hand, that hand, that hand. God bless you. Anybody else? That hand in the back, way in the back, way in the back. That hand, that hand, that hand. God bless you. That hand, that hand. God bless you. Look at me. Give the Lord a clap offering. That's amazing. I'm sorry I'm going so long. I'm sorry I'm going so long. We're going to pray a prayer in just a minute. John, God gave me a word for you. I believe in all my heart God's going to give us some time. And I know the Bible says the wicked servant says the master delays his coming. I could be wrong. We could hit the rapture before we get to the car. But if we have time, God said, God has given you. You've always had this, but God has given you. And, and it's the strangest thing. I could not get this word out of my mind. God is giving you an anointing to be a magnet for success. 
a magnet for success, a magnet for prosperity and business and finances. And forgive me for using that, that secular word, but it, it's, it's like God is saying, it's just going to draw to you. It's just going to, it's just like a magnet goes by. It's just going to draw to you because God knows he can trust you. You've always been an honorable man of God in everything you've done with your family, with your children, with your wife, with, with everything, with the ministries that you've been involved with. I don't know if you know, but for before John came and worked for us, what now is it? 13 years ago, John ran Benny Hinn Ministries. And John has always been a man of impeccable uh, integrity. And God said, there's a new anointing coming on you that will be a magnet. It, 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 they're going to come to you. It's going to be a magnet. That's because the anointing got on you. Derek, God gave me a word for you. And I think I texted you a little bit of this last week, but God gave me a word. I know you have a business plan. Derek, lift your hand up. I want everybody to know who I'm talking to. Derek has, uh, Derek has gone from prison to one of the most successful businessmen you've ever met. I mean, it, 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 this, this couple. And, uh, it, uh, and yet never stop serving God. Never stop. He's, he takes care of me. He takes care of me while I'm working on my notes and everything. Derek gets my clothes ready. He makes sure I'm, I'm uh, last thing he says to me, I'm coming out. Are you zipped up? <laughs> because there's a couple times I have not been. And I have to get behind the pulpit and have you worship God for a few moments. As successful as this couple has been, he's never stopped serving God. Never stopped being used by God. And a lot of what I get to do is because of him. And I know you have a business plan that you're thinking X number of years down the line, it's going to happen faster than you think. There are going to be, there are going to be opportunities, opportunities, and then boom, the mother of all opportunities is going to happen. And I'll tell you why God is going to free you. He's going to free you guys to do whatever so that you're free. This it's going to be so, so lucrative. That's going to be beyond words because you and I are going to, you and I and Scott are going to be doing some traveling together and he's going to end up freeing you. Don't, don't make it happen. There's going to be other deals come up, and then all of a sudden, the mother of all deals is coming, and you watch. It's going to be better and bigger than you, than you could imagine. You guys, God spoke to me today to cover you. I don't know if you're going through anything. I don't know if you're, there's a, 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 a ceiling over your business or something like that, or, uh, uh, or there's a delay in, in, in a project. God spoke to me to cover you. And that let my faith partner with your, with your faith because w- what, what has been delayed is about to explode. There's going to be an explosion. Does that make sense to you? Yeah? Okay. There's, there's going to be an explosion um, uh, in, in, for, in, a, in a positive way for the oil and gas of America and you guys are going to just like you're going to you're going to it's going to come by you you're going to step and it's not going to be a a a creek running by it's going to be a river that's running by and take you along with it because you guys have always 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 been faithful to the kingdom of God this is the words that God said cover them I'm going to cover you with faith where you're not you're not 
worrying about things. All of a sudden, you're just going to be a pe- both of you a peace of mind to cover you and to partner my faith, tis and I faith, with both of your faith. And you watch that river of blessing come running by. Do you receive that? Somebody give the Lord a clap offering. Amen. All right, I'm already 15 minutes over. I'm going to stop. What we're going to do, I, 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 once I start calling people out and ministering, it's like a floodgate. It just flows. And uh, I want to be sensitive to time. I, I, I know that, that you know, we have things to do, but I also want to give an opportunity. So what I've asked Brandon and the worship team to do, and we're going to probably start this next week, is when we close after the prayer of salvation, we're going to worship God in song. You know, one of those old classic songs, we are standing on holy ground. Holy Spirit, thou art welcome in this place. Because when we lift up our hands and we worship him, it releases that presence of God. Not that you need a word from me or you need a word from God, but I'm going to tell you something. There are times that I've needed a breakthrough and somebody would say, thus saith the Lord, thus saith the Lord. And boom, it was like, there it is because there's someone's faith coming in agreement with mine. How many of you, and forgive me, I'm already 15 minutes over. How many of you need God to do something for you today? You need God, your family, your business, your health, your finances. We're going to pray. Let my faith, I, I, I always see the glass half full. I, I really do. Faith is, is, faith is something that, maybe because I'm still like a child, faith is something that flows easy for me. And I don't, I don't, I don't want to sound the wrong way, super spiritual, but faith, I just, so let, we know what it's like to be, wow, you, you get this bad news. We understand sometimes you need somebody like Moses did lift up your hands. And that's what I want to do at the end of every program. We're going to share maybe next week. We're going to share on television. We had somebody on our television program. I said, let my faith cover you. And this person was given zero chance to recover from cancer, zero chance. We just got a letter yesterday, two days ago, uh, an email from them. I just went back. I prayed with Pastor and Tiz on the television program, stage four. They told me, get, get your affairs in order. And I just got the doctor's report. They can't explain it. Cancer's gone. Cancer's gone. And just happened, Brandon, a couple days ago. Just just happened a couple days ago, and we've got it on there. And so this is what I feel. What Satan's meant for evil, God will use it for good. We've wondered, why did God allow our family to go through that thing with lying? And then in the middle of that, the thing with tis. It's like a friend of mine, Joseph Shulam in Jerusalem, said, sometimes God allows you to go through the valley, go through the valley of the shadow of death. Because when you get on the other side, it's not just for your victory. It's to reach back across that valley and say, come on, let me tell you what my God can do and bring others with you. So I want to cover you. Lift up your hands. Father, in the name of Jesus, your word promises whatever we bind on earth is bound in heaven. And Father, we bind right now the enemy. We rebuke Satan. We rebuke the spirit of infirmity and sickness of cancer. We rebuke 
the devil in the way of divorce and marriage problems. We rebuke the devil. We command him to get his hands off of our finances. We claim that, God, you're not only the God of prosperity, but you're the God who supernaturally cancels debt. Father, we release healing. We release peace and joy. We release the power and the anointing of God that breaks every yoke and removes every burden. Father, we release the blessing of God in homes and families and marriages. We release the blessing of God across this room and across the airwaves to to every one of our friends and family around the world. We release that anointing. We loosen the power of God. We loosen the healing of God. We loosen the blessing of God. We loosen the prosperity of God. We loosen the power of God in every area of our lives and homes in Jesus' name. Look at me a second. Somebody with, somebody with breathing problems. Somebody with breathing problems. Anybody in the room that you're having breathing problems? One, two. Anybody else with breathing problems? Three, four. Is it asthma? Is it asthma? Okay, five, six. Wow, I, I was thinking one. Anybody else with, so, is there somebody that you know that is in bed, very dire straits because of breathing problems? Who is it? There, right there, 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 there. Okay, there, 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 there. Jack, you or somebody you know? Okay, that's going away. That's going away. Lift your hands up. Father, in the name of Jesus. L- look at me a second. Sometimes, not every time, sometimes asthma is connected to trauma or fear. The devil hides behind that. I've seen so many people healed of asthma that also have a spirit of fear that something's happened to them, something will happen to them. Lift your hands this way. Father, we bind that spirit of fear. We bind the spirit of uh, intimidation. We release healing on lungs, breath, the breath of God in every area. We, 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 there's somebody that you know, they're not here. They're in a hospital. They're in a, in a bed, and God is touching them right now, bringing healing. They're taking deep breaths right now. They're taking deep breaths right now in the name of Jesus. Anybody here, with can, anybody here that knows somebody or need cancer? Cancer, cancer, cancer. You know what happened to Tiz? You know what happened to my wife and, and Lion? Whenever you see or hear of it in somebody else's life, you're next, right? You're next, right? God has no respect to anybody else with cancer. Anybody else with cancer? Or you know somebody with cancer. You know somebody with cancer. Someone with cancer. Lift your hands up this way. Across. Everybody lift your hands up. Lift your hands up. Father, we bind that spirit of cancer right now. Oh, man, I feel that. Can you feel that right now? That's sweeping across the place. We bind that spirit of cancer right now in the name and the blood of Jesus that by the stripes of Jesus we're already healed. We bind the spirit of death. We bind the spirit of disease and sickness. We bind the spirit of... I want every head bowed, every eye closed. Forgive me. I'm 20 minutes over. Forgive me. Somebody, put your head down. Eyes closed. Put your hands down. Somebody here right now in this building has contemplated suicide. I want you to lift your hand and wave it to me. Nobody looking around. Nobody looking around. One, two. Wow. Anybody, wave at me. Anybody on, the, on, on this side over here, wave at me. Spirit of suicide. Three. Wow. Four. Wow. Five, six. 
Okay, look, everybody look at me. So no, nobody look at me. You know why the devil tells you to commit suicide? Because he's afraid of your future. Do you understand? He's afraid of your future. The only reason, the only reason Satan would put that in your mind is he's afraid of the blessing and the anointing and the power of God. We're going to buy, listen to me. If the devil's telling you to, to end it, what you need to do is realize God today has given me a new beginning. And my end is going to be phenomenal. Everybody lift your hands up. Father, we bind that spirit of suicide right now. In the I don't think I've done this in a long time. We bind that spirit of suicide. We bind that spirit of loneliness. We bind that spirit of failure. We bind that spirit of guilt. And we release the power and the assurance and the anointing and the presence of God in Jesus' name. Your best is yet to come in every area in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Give the Lord a clap offering. I got to do one more thing. One more thing. And I'm, forgive me, forgive me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go shorter, I promise. There, th- how many here have a child or a loved one, or you yourself, that's battling with drugs? Lift your hand up. Lift your hand up. Lift your hand up. Lift your hand up. See, and I didn't have you bow your head. Lift your hand up. Look around. Look how many people are raising their hands. See, one of the things the devil does is say, you're the only one. There's something wrong with you. You're the only one. No, no, no. We all battle with principalities and powers. But let me tell you something. Drug addiction, nobody wants to be a drug addict. Nobody wants to be a drug addict. Drug addiction is a spirit. When I got saved, when I got saved, all my sins were forgiven. But I was still a drug addict. I went out and did drugs immediately. Say, so you weren't saved? No, I was saved. But after I got saved, I got filled with the Holy Ghost. That's why Jesus said, don't you leave. Because it's the power of God. When Jesus was here, he was with us. But when he sent the Holy Spirit, he's in us. And greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. I want all of you, all of us, to lift our hands up and say these words. Father, right now, Fill me, refill me with the Holy Spirit, the power of God, the anointing of God in every area of my life, my home, my family, my business. I receive a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to do something. I don't know if this is going to work or not. But when I first got saved, most of you know, I walked in. I was a drug addict. I had seven federal warrants out for my arrest. I always think that's funny. Seven federal warrants. And Jesus shed his blood seven different places. Gee, I wonder if that was a coincidence. But when we came to church, we didn't just come to church. We used to worship him. And it's not popular anymore. But... The Bible says the praise, I don't know if this will work. I don't know if this this may just fall flat on its face. But when we used to come to church, the Bible says that we're to worship him, we're to praise him in English and in the spirit. In the spirit means, Would you lift your hands up and try that? Just try that. Do it real loud, do it real loud. Oh, Riemessi di amarando di Rie. 
Father, I give you praise and glory, oh God. Lift your hands up real high. Try it a little louder. Do it a little louder. I believe we're ready to go into a period of great miracles, great signs and wonders, gifts of the Spirit. But you know, the devil's been a great strategist. How have we lost lawlessness? How have we lost the laws of God in the church? One of the things is we've pushed the Holy Spirit. Now, don't you think about this. God's just given this to me, just as I'm standing here. When the Antichrist comes and rules and reigns, there will be no Holy Spirit left to keep him from bringing total chaos and lawlessness. Well, what if that's the same degree in the church? Jesus said, don't leave. This is my last words to you. Don't leave until the Holy Spirit comes. Sing to me in, the, in, the, in, the, in English or in, in, in words. Sing to me in the spirit. Pray to me in the, Pray to me. What if one of the great strategies of bringing lawlessness to the church was let's remove the Holy Spirit? Do you understand what I'm saying? This is not, this is not planned. This is just coming to me. What if we started inviting the Holy Spirit back in? What if there are times that you guys who are so good so good, so anointed. Brandon, I hate giving words to my children, but this has been on me and on me and on me. God is going to give you songs that are going to be life-changing. We were on, we were on all my family goes on vacation. I, I did not realize how talented this guy is. He's playing the guitar. We're, we're all out with the family around the campfire, and we're singing and stuff. I did not realize. I knew he was anointed, but I didn't realize how talented he was. God's going to give you songs, brother. Some you will sing, some others will sing that will change the world. I'm not talking about a song, songs. You need to receive an anointing right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I feel that right now. I can feel it in my hand, Brandon, coming over on you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, words and songs. So you worship team, maybe in somewhere in there or maybe at the end, somewhere, let's, let's do the place where we welcome the Holy Spirit, where we lift up our hands. Does that sound like maybe a, a, and say, well, what if that freaks out visitors? What if it welcomes the Holy Spirit? And I understand it freaked me out the first time I came. I came in in the and and church of thirty people and they go and they all started going. Oh my God, these Mormons are insane. <laughs> Seriously, that's how churched I was. But you know, then a few weeks later, I got it, and I'm here today because I have the Holy Spirit. It's the power of God. Can I pray for you? Lift your hands towards. I'm gonna. Clo- I am gonna close with this. 
Father, I release on all of us and, and, and all around the world a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit, a fresh baptism of the anointing of God, the power of God, the presence of God. When we get up tomorrow morning, let us pray to you in English and let us pray in the Holy Spirit. Man, look at me. My hands, and I don't mean to sound corny, my hands are vibrating right now. My body is vibrating right now. There are times, there are times when, when I heard about Lion being ill or I heard Tiz about it being ill, I'd say, God, I pray. I, 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 by his stripes we're healed. The power of the Holy Spirit, the, 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 the bless, you know, uh, by the blood of Jesus. But I'm going to tell you something. There are times that I was just like, just, just the heavens were made of brass. But then I'd go, because my spirit is making intercession with God's spirit. My spirit knows things that God only knows, and God knows things that only my spirit would know. I didn't know the answer, but we could say, and then you're, you're praying with a limited amount of knowledge, and then you're praying with unlimited, because the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you and teach you and show you all. The Holy Spirit knows everything. The Holy Spirit knows more than doctors know. The Holy Spirit knows more than your your bank uh, bank or your accountant knows. The Holy Spirit knows more than your marriage counselor knows. And I think it's time that we push lawlessness out and welcome in the one who establishes the law of God, the Holy Spirit. Do you receive that?